0: Section 19 of Poor Folk This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Addison Poor Folk by Fyodor Dostoevsky Translated by Charles James Hogarth June 26 My dear little Barbara, to tell you the truth, I myself have not read the book of which you speak. That is to say, though I began to read it, I soon saw that it was nonsense and written only to make people laugh. However, thought I, it is at least a cheerful work, and so may please Barbara. That is why I sent it you. Ratasiev, has now promised to give me something really literary to read, so you shall soon have your book, my darling. He is a man who reflects. He is a clever fellow, as well as himself a writer, such a writer. His pen glides along with ease, and in such a style, even when he is writing the most ordinary, the most insignificant of articles, that I have often remarked upon the fact, both to Faldone and to Teresa. Often, too, I go to spend an evening with him. He reads aloud to us until five o'clock in the morning, and we listen to him. It is a revelation of things rather than a reading. It is charming. It is like a bouquet of flowers. There is a bouquet of flowers in every line of each page. Besides, he is such an approachable, courteous, kind-hearted fellow. What am I compared with him? Why, nothing, simply nothing. He is a man of reputation, whereas I— Well, I do not exist at all. Yet he condescends to my level. At this very moment I am copying out a document for him. But you must not think that he finds any difficulty in condescending to me who am only a copyist. No, you must not believe the base gossip that you may hear. I do copying work for him, simply in order to please myself, as well as that he may notice me. A thing that always gives me pleasure. I appreciate the delicacy of his position. He is a good, a very good man, and an unapproachable writer. What a splendid thing is literature, Barbara! What a splendid thing. This I learnt before I had known Ratashev even for three days. It strengthens and instructs the heart of man. No matter what there be in the world, you will find it all written down in Ratashev's works. And so well written down, too. Literature is a sort of picture, a sort of picture or mirror, it connotes at once passion, expression, fine criticism, good learning, and a document. Yes, I have learnt this from Matassiev himself. I can assure you, Barbara, that if only you could be sitting among us and listening to the talk while, with the rest of us, you smoked a pipe, and were to hear those present begin to argue and dispute concerning different matters— you would feel of as little account among them as i do for i myself figure there only as a blockhead and feel ashamed since it takes me a whole evening to think of a single word to interpolate and even then the word will not come in a case like that a man regrets that as the proverb has it he should have reached man's estate but not man's understanding what do i do in my spare time I sleep like a fool, though I would far rather be occupied with something else, say with eating or writing, since the one is useful to oneself and the other is beneficial to one's fellows. You should see how much money these fellows contrive to save. How much, for instance, does not Ratasiev lay by? A few days' writing, I am told, can earn him as much as three hundred roubles indeed if a man be a writer of short stories or anything else that is interesting he can sometimes pocket five hundred roubles or a thousand at a time or oh, think of it barbara ratassiev has by him a small manuscript of verses and for it he is asking oh, what do you think seven thousand roubles why one could buy a whole house for that sum he has even refused five thousand for a manuscript and on that occasion I reasoned with him, and advised him to accept the five thousand, but it was of no use, for, said he, they will soon offer me seven thousand, and kept to his point, for he is a man of some determination. Suppose now that I were to give you an extract from Passion in Italy, as another work of his is called. Read this, dearest Barbara, and judge for yourself Vladimir started for in his veins the lust of passion had welled until it had reached the boiling point countess he cried do you know how terrible is this adoration of mine how infinite this madness no my fancies have not deceived me i love you ecstatically diabolically as a madman might all the blood that is in your husband's body could never quench the furious surging rapture that is in my soul. No puny obstacle could thwart the all destroying infernal flame which is eating into my exhausted breast. Oh Zinaida, my Zinaida Vladimir she whispered, almost beside herself, as she sank upon his bosom thy cried the interrupted Smileski once more his breath was coming in sharp broken pants the lamp of love was burning brightly on the altar of passion and searing the hearts of the two unfortunate sufferers vladimir again she whispered in her intoxication while her bosom heaved, her cheeks glowed, and her eyes flashed fire. Thus, was a new dread union consummated. Half an hour later, the aged count entered his wife's boudoir. Ah, oh, now, my love," said he, "surely it is for some welcome guest beyond the common that you have had the samovar, tea urn." Um, prepared and he smote her lightly on the cheek what think you of that barbara true it is a little too outspoken there can be no doubt of that yet how grand it is how splendid with your permission i will also quote you an extract from ratasiev's story aramak and zuleika you love me zuleika say again that you love me you love me i do love you hamak whispered zuleika then by heaven and earth i thank you by heaven and earth you have made me happy you have given me all all that my tortures saw as for immemorial years been seeking tis for this that you have led me hither my guiding star tis for this that you have conducted me to the girdle of stone to all the world will i now show my zuleika and no man demon or monster of hell shall bid me nay oh if men would but understand the mysterious passions of her tender heart and see the poem which lurks in each of her little tears suffer me to dry those tears with my kisses suffer me to drink of those heavenly drops o oh, being who art not of this earth the world is cruel and men are unjust but let them drive us from their midst let them judge us my beloved amak what has a poor maiden who was reared amid the snows of siberia to do with their cold icy self-sufficient world Men cannot understand me my darling my sweetheart is that so then shall the sword of the cossacks sing and whistle over their heads cried ermak with a furious look in his eyes what must ermak have felt when he learned that his zuleika had been murdered barbara that taking advantage of the cover of night the blind old kuchum had in ermak's absence broken into the latter's tent and stabbed his own daughter in mistake for the man who had robbed him of sceptre and crown oh that i had a stone whereon to wet my sword cried Amak, in the madness of his wrath as he strove to sharpen his steel blade upon the enchanted rock i would have his blood his blood i would tear him limb from limb the villain then ermak unable to survive the loss of his zuleika throws himself into the arteish and the tale comes to an end here again is another short extract this time written in a more comical vein to make people laugh do you know ivan prokofievitch zeheltopuch he is the man who took a piece out of prokofy ivanovitch's leg <laughs> ivan's character is one of the rugged order and therefore one that is rather lacking in virtue, yet he has a passionate relish for radishes and honey. Once he also possessed a friend named Pelagia Antonovna. Do you know Pelagia Antonovna? She is the woman who always puts on her petticoat wrong side outward. What humor, Barbara, what purest humor? We rocked with laughter when he read it aloud to us. Yes, that is the kind of man he is. Possibly the passage is a trifle over frolicsome, but at least it is harmless, and contains no free thought or liberal ideas. In passing, I may say that Ratashev is not only a supreme writer, but also a man of upright life, which is more than can be said for most writers. What do you think? is an idea that sometimes enters my head. In fact, what if I myself were to write something? How if suddenly a book were to make its appearance in the world, bearing the title of The Poetical Works of Makar What then, my angel? How should you view, should you receive such an event? I may say of myself that never, after my book had appeared, "'should I have the hardihood to show my face on the Nevsky prospect. "'For would it not be too dreadful to hear everyone saying, "'Here comes the littérateur and poet, dear "'Yes, it is dear himself. "'What, in such a case, should I do with my feet? "'For I may tell you that almost always my shoes are patched, "'or have just been resold, and therefore look anything but becoming.' to think that the great writer dievushkin should walk about in patched footgear if a duchess or a countess should recognize me what would she say poor woman perhaps though she would not notice my shoes at all since it may reasonably be supposed that countesses do not greatly occupy themselves with footgear especially with the footgear of civil service officials footgear may differ from footgear it must be remembered Besides, I should find that the Countess had heard all about me, for my friends would have betrayed me to her, Ratasieff among the first of them, seeing that he often goes to visit Countess V, and practically lives at her house. She is said to be a woman of great intellect and wit, an artful dog, that Ratasieff. But enough of this. I write this sort of thing both to amuse myself and to divert your thoughts. Goodbye now, my angel. Oh, this is a long epistle that I am sending you, but the reason is that today I feel in good spirits after dining at Ratasiep's. There I came across a novel which I hardly know how to describe to you. Do not think the worse of me on that account, even though I bring you another book instead, for I certainly mean to bring one. The novel, in question, was one of Paul de Cox, and not a novel for you to read. No, no, such a work is unfit for your eyes. In fact, it is said to have greatly offended the cities of St. Petersburg. Also, I am sending you a pound of bonbons, bought specially for yourself. Each time that you eat one, beloved, remember the sender. Only do not bite the iced ones, but suck them gently, lest they make your teeth ache. Perhaps, too, you like comfits. Well, write and tell me if it is so good-bye good-bye christ watch over you my darling always your faithful friend makka diebushkin end of section 19.